This is The Guardian. It's been a long summer of heat waves, strikes and growing fears over a so-called cost of living crisis that's turning into a huge social emergency. Running alongside all of this has been the seemingly never-ending Conservative Party leadership election. I think it's an important duty of the Prime Minister. I'm ready to do that. We'll finally find out who our next Prime Minister is going to be on Monday. Rishi Sunak's chances seem to have faded away, and it looks like Liz Truss will be faced with the task of somehow dealing with rising inflation, soaring energy bills, a likely recession, and the very real possibility of two-thirds of all UK households facing fuel poverty in January. Well, what do you do? You can't feed your kids or anything like that. Um, it's going to be terrible, absolutely terrible. I don't know what's going to happen. Last week, Politics Weekly UK went to Birmingham to ask people there how they're preparing for winter and get a sense of our immediate political future at a Tory hustings event. I'm John Harris, and you're listening to Politics Weekly UK for The Guardian. Well, this is where the summer ends, folks, essentially. <laughs> On a grey and overcast day, muggy and humid... Sums up, sums up how everyone's feeling. We're in Birmingham the day that Sunak and Trust do their thing at a big event for Tory party members. With me in the car is Maz, one of Politics Weekly UK's producers. Back to work. <laughs> All joking apart, I mean, that's the other thing, isn't it? Is that clearly it's been building up for a long, long time, but I think you can argue that the last week or... 10 days is when the sort of severity of the so-called cost of living crisis, this dire social emergency, has really, really hit home. And the main person it's going to land on is Liz Truss. If I had any political ambition, I don't think now would be the time I'd choose to take over as Prime Minister. All right, John, we're in Birmingham on our way to Longbridge. What, why are we going there? Well, the most important thing to say about where we are is that we're in the constituency of Northfield, which was won by the Conservatives in 2019 with a majority of not much more than 12 or 1,300 votes. It's a, become a really, really marginal seat where a lot of people here will have voted Conservative probably for the first time in their lives in 2019. Yeah. I don't know whether you can say whether this is part of the Red Wall, but sort of broadly it fits that picture. So until 2005, the big employer here was the car works at Longbridge, this really uh, long-standing car factory going back, I think, 100 years before it closed. And I would imagine a lot of people here, older people, feel a really profound sense of loss about the fact that that car works isn't there. Which, again, you know, puts it in line with the sort of seats that the Tories won from Labour in 2019. Or a lot of places like that. A sense of loss. Quite Brexit-y places. And the feeling, really, that the Labour Party had lost touch with its old core vote. And we're here to go to a Hustings tonight, is so it? The Hustings is at the, is at the National Exhibition Centre, the NEC. Not that far from here. But it's just a good opportunity, I suppose, to talk to people about... Uh, the state of their lives, the so-called cost of living crisis and how that reads over into their view of politics and particularly 
who's going to take over from Boris Johnson, which unless something really, really strange happens, <laughs> is going to be Liz Truss. So this is a big retail development all built around a great big car park on the site of the old Longbridge Car Works. That was the old British economy of engineering and manufacturing and this is the thing that replaced it, going to shops. We're, we're in this part of Birmingham today, can I ask you a very quick couple of questions? Yes, I think so, yes. I wonder how's life, and I ask you that, you'll know why I ask you that, but because of the cost of living crisis and all that. We've got to put up with this, haven't we? It's just one of those things. And how yeah. is it for you? Fine. Is it? Yes. You live to you, your means, don't you? Right. But you're not worrying about the, this I'm, great I'm hike in bills coming up? We're right? not worried about it at all. But no. then we're retired. We're retired. Right. Do, you, do you worry about other people? So when you hear about the cost of living, are you worried about the country as a whole? Or do you feel like... No. It, it depends on your and why, and why not? Because, to me, it's obvious. And it's quite simple. Yeah. We were in a pandemic. Economy had got to go to the wall and we borrowed and we borrowed and we borrowed. Where do people think that's coming from? It has to be paid for. And they all want to have pay rises. You've got to pay for what you're in debt for. We come from a generation that paid 15, 16% interest on mortgages. Yes. Do you follow politics much? Uh, yes, to a certain extent. Have you been following Liz Truss versus Rishi Sunak? <laughs> it's a joke. Is it? Yes. Why is it a joke? Just find me one person who can run the country properly. Is there someone you think can do that? Margaret Thatcher. Uh-huh, he's alive. <laughs> well, yeah, but Liz Truss wants us to think that she's the new Margaret Thatcher. She's not, she is she? Tell me why she isn't. There's only one person who could come up to her, and that was um, Theresa May. You liked her? I liked her very much. We did like yes. her, and yes. we thought she was honest. Boris Johnson, what did you think? What did you think of him? A clown. But and you're conservative said, voters, by the sound of it, right? Yes. 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 And so. You're, you weren't impressed with Boris Johnson, not and you're not all. impressed with Liz Truss or no, Rishi Sunak. Not really. She wants to cut taxes, doesn't she? Yeah. You can't cut taxes until you pay the everything off what you what you owe. And so come the next election, when it's in all likelihood Liz Truss is going to be standing saying, "Well, vote for me again to be prime minister." What are you going to do? Not vote. Really? Wow. Yes. It was easier for your generation though no. to, to get on the housing ladder and so on. It was. No, it wasn't. I suppose sort of what you're saying is that it was really hard for you. You did what you had to do. You buckled up and you did it. Exactly. But there, it doesn't feel like there's much sympathy for other people because you feel like they, sh- they should be doing what you're doing. They or should have worked as hard as we did. We had two jobs when we were courting. Yeah. We had three jobs. We had three jobs, really. <laughs> to make enough money to pay the deposits to get married so we could have our own house. I'm not saying it isn't difficult for some people because there are some people out there that genuinely... Um, well, the youngsters these days go to the parents to, for money to buy the house. We couldn't do that. My dad came from the Gorbals in Glasgow. He didn't have shoes on his feet until he went to school. That's poor. Yeah. But we've got a decent poor. life, but we've worked for Stood it. there moaning and going to food banks and everything with cigarettes in the hand and a mobile phone. Yeah. And then there's the other ones that will go down Broad Street on a Saturday night and spend 100 quid. Is that clubbing? Is that yeah. grocery? Exactly. So, and then they moan that they haven't got the money and go to mum and dad. So I suppose we were a bit tough. We come from tough backgrounds. <laughs> Thank you so much. Lovely to meet you. That's the you've got to stop buying avocados for. I am genuinely surprised at the lack of sympathy. I mean, oh, maybe... I'm not really. Why? Because I think people's views are sort of forged or whatever the word is. 
in their own experiences, yeah, right? True. And they probably did have to scrimp yeah. and save to get a deposit. Yeah, and life was hard. And so the idea that someone who'd been at university and outwardly, you know, should be successful, have trouble getting on the housing ladder and can't get enough money together, that's, that's kind of completely off your radar. Yeah. I, what I thought was the, the single most interesting thing was I just not buying Liz Truss? I mean, God knows, right? She's gone out of her way mm. to say, if you like Mrs Thatcher, I'm the candidate for you. And they've seen that and they don't like it. Not far away, outside a branch of Poundland, were another couple, Samantha and Louis, both in their 20s and recent home buyers. How old are you? Uh, 24. Okay. How's life at the minute? Um, it's okay. It's, it's good. I've on a week off so it's great at the moment um you're particularly asking about living costs yes. and things like How that yeah <laughs> thought you were getting to that yeah um yeah the price of things has actually gone up significantly uh our weekly shops especially they used to just for me and, and me and my fiance they used to be about 40 50 pounds now it's gone up to about 60 65 70 something like that and we're actually cutting down on most of our things each week what are you cutting down on just certain items of food shopping so coleslaw um just things like cheese um some meats as well things like that excuse me asking bills wise yeah um bills wise we we bought our house last year so we were lucky to be set within a, a fixed rate until this september um so it will be going up significantly from there we're on a water meter so we try and keep that down as much as possible our home insurance has gone up and we are quite worried about what the bills are going to be like for in in october for us with gas and electricity what do you do for a living um i'm a trainee solicitor okay do you follow politics much um ish <laughs> so, okay yes and no Louis is probably the most most uh, best one to ask on that. Um, really? That's, that's, that's my fiancé, yeah. At the last general election, 2019, which is, seems like 100 years ago now, the one just before the pandemic, who did you vote for? I would have been Boris. Yeah, well. the Conservative, yeah, okay. Boris. And would you vote Conservative again? Yeah, I think I think Conservative, but with somebody who can lead a lot a lot better. <laughs> I feel like, Do you think Liz like, can? Potentially, yes. I just feel if we had a Labour government, I feel like we'd get into significant more debt um, in, in, in the future. I, I see short term it would be okay, but long term I feel Labour wouldn't be able to keep up with different things in the market. Okay. Can I just ask, your trainee solicitor, that's a pretty good job. What do you, What do you do? I'm a digital designer. Are you quite surprised that you have those good jobs and you're feeling the pinch? How does that feel for you? Like, I'm not, not really that surprised. Um, you should be, right? Trainee solicitor. <laughs> I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah, how does it feel that you're doing a job that, in your mind, is probably quite a good job, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, you're doing well for yourself. And, and you're yet... having to think about cutting back so. on cheese and coals? Yeah, yeah. That can't be what you expect. We we do you know try and budget things and everything especially being so young and starting out um we we do have yeah. to really watch what we're doing but we're thinking about alternate second jobs um yeah um, well, like working in the evenings or yeah things like that work? freelance work i mean it's disappointing and everything but it, it's what it's what it is really it is what it is we, we sort of just say that but it makes you think how people who don't have the opportunity to actually have gone to university and had a good job it makes you think how 
they're actually living now and how they're struggling and whether they have to take on say two three jobs or something it really does impact them significantly lovely thank to meet you very much. Thank, thank you so much, much. thank you so in an emergency the people you you have to think about the most clearly the people who find life absolutely impossible right and are at the absolute sharp end of everything but having said that people in that position are really interesting because they've done everything that was required right yeah. they're sort of young new property owners working as hard as they can you know they've sort of bought it whatever the vision is of life in 21st century britain particularly from the standpoint of the conservative party they've done what's required and they're having to go around the supermarket and count every penny i'm thinking about second jobs i'm thinking about second jobs they're like the younger generation of that older conservative couple that we met yeah, but they yeah. were saying that we had to work hard and we had yeah, lots yeah. of jobs I think they were a bit more sympathetic to the sort of plight of the wider public it feels like we're in a new political phase now even when we were in those by-elections sometimes I felt that we were still sort of stuck in Brexit world somehow mm. and everything has been shoved somewhere different now hasn't it it's interesting about how people sort of talk about scrimping and saving and it's there's a lot about individual choice and not much about the external circumstances which get people there. But it is quite disorientating for people because it's not what they were so look where we are, right? Yeah. We're in this retail park built on the site of a former car factory in which it's all about plenty, isn't it? Yeah. It's all about massive retail units full of everything you could possibly want. The size of this Marks and Spencer, right? Yes. This great big food hall over here. You know, you've got a massive branch of boots over there, all that great big toy shop there. That's all about the idea that you can afford to spend, yeah. right? And the one jarring note within it all is the Poundland over there. And who do we find outside the Poundland? A trainee solicitor who's thinking about taking a second or third job and is having to cut back on basic on items basic of food. Yeah. Right, there's, that's there, that's the Zyker. We've now come somewhere different in the Northfield constituency. This is a community centre which very recently has sort of opened itself up to Food Cycle, which is a nationwide project, which here means that every Tuesday at four o'clock a free meal is served to anybody who wants to come. I mean, the, the sort of bigger reality around it is that the people we're about to meet are very, very aware of rising need for food and probably warmth and the sort of hard realities of this social emergency, which is suddenly defining our politics. Hiya, Hello. I'm Carly. Hi. This is John. Nice to Hi meet John. you. Hi John. So this is the hall where everybody eats. So what will happen is our guests will start to arrive shortly. So it's what, half three now, so the meal's served at four. So start turning up at any time, like quarter to four o'clock. Um, What's then the meal today? So we've got veg vegetable frittata, stuffed courgettes uh, with sides, I think that's vegetables, um, and lemon drizzle cake, which I've just tasted, and it's absolutely wow. amazing. So, um, so the guests will come, they'll have their meal, and then before they leave, they'll get a bag with some food to take with them as well. So it's way more than just a sit-down meal. It's different from a food bank because they're actually getting so much kind of all in one so um yeah and again that varies each week to to what we're donated so okay. you don't have to register you don't need a referral anybody can come that's why we don't know who's going to come that week and we don't know the numbers which right. kind of adds to the challenge but also <laughs> it just makes it a bit more accessible so yeah. it, it could take some people a few weeks to feel comfortable to come yeah. like there's still a lot of stigma around it um i was at the longbridge one last week and there was a family that came for the first time um 
one of those, can it? Um, and it, it was the delight, and they're like, we can't wait to come back, we can't wait to come back. So it's just sometimes getting over that kind of step just makes the big difference. Do you want to come and meet the volunteers in the kitchen? So, obviously, you talked about the fact that this takes stigma away and all that, and, yeah. and, and we're not at a food bank, it's something different yeah. and so yeah. on. But doing this must give you a sense of need and, and the reality of people's lives. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's definitely changing. Cool. The, the people that we're kind of seeing, we're, we're just getting more people contact us saying, it, oh, can they come? Are they allowed to come? Is it just for homeless people? The other thing is that people do actually come just because they're lonely. It's not actually about the food. So that's another thing that we try and talk about a lot. It, that helps break down the stigma. You have people that will come that you you know you can kind of tell that they're struggling financially, but they'll tell you they're coming because they're lonely. Right. So right. yeah. So you see a really really broad range of, of people coming for different reasons. Our numbers have doubled since January. By four o'clock, around 30 people had shown up at the centre, which is a big turnout for a project that's only just started. Food Cycle is non-secular, but it's attached to the church led by Fiona, the vicar. So, Willicastle is a great place to live. It's got a real kind of sense of community. There's a whole mixture of people here. We're becoming increasingly diverse. Um, we kind of work together here, but everybody kind of knows each other. But because of your job, you'll be very, very sensitive to how things change. Give me a sense of that now, like where the where parts of the community are people here are relative to where they were six months ago or a year ago. Okay, so people have always struggled here. Um, it's getting worse and has got worse in the last six months because a lot of people have very fixed incomes and life has just become very expensive. So everybody is like holding the breath for October. It's just a real sense of people are panicking. And we're all trying to kind of rally together here to think, well, what can we actually do? We're going to do something called warm spaces. So at least there's somewhere you can come that's warm and just to see people and not just be sat freezing at home. I mean, thank God you're doing it. But at the same time, what does it say that you're having to lay on places so people can keep warm? We live in one of the richest economies in the world. We shouldn't have to do this. What I've seen, the way deprivation has just got worse and the gap has got wider and wider and wider year on year, we should not be doing this. There should be no need for any of this. Are you allowed to talk politics? Um, I always talk politics. Jesus <laughs> is very political. He was profoundly <laughs> He had a political. lot to say. But Liz Trussay is not speaking that language. I will turn up at the NEC later and I will hear her make the case for tax cuts. Now, very, very few people who live in this community would benefit, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah, from a programme of tax cuts. Tax cuts will make no difference for a lot of our estate. They will for some people, because yeah, yeah. a lot of people work here, but you won't, won't touch it because the people that have the least are not earning enough to pay tax. Can you be a Conservative Christian, authentically? Well, there think? are lots of Conservative Christians. There are, taking Rhys Mark is a, is a very yeah, devout Christian. Yeah, I've reflected on that many times. Um, yeah, his understanding of Jesus is different to mine. But you're um, a Church of England vicar. Yeah, I am. They used to say the Church of England was the Tory party at prayer, as yeah. you probably know. Most clergy are quite left-wing, actually. <laughs> More so than their congregations often, yeah, yeah. but I mean, not here. Yeah, I don't think I'd ever be described as an establishment vicar. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> Sitting next to Fiona was Dean, who was at the meal for the first time. Well, I'll ask you what I've asked everybody else. How is life at the minute? For you, it's all right at the minute. It's not too bad, but um, I do find it a struggle because I have been in the children's home all my life, and when I come out, I've been on benefit and I haven't had a proper job. 
and with the way things are at the moment, I do find it an uphill struggle. What things are you noticing being difficult money-wise? Electric and gas. And in the, in, the, in the autumn and the winter, are you going to be okay? I will say this. Now all this money the government has given, I am getting it, but all I know is I've got to put my electric up to £30 a fortnight, £60 a month. That's rather a lot when, you know, you haven't got much. Sure, sure. Because you need benefit. I mean, yeah, yeah. benefits is what pays for, for you yeah, to yeah. just about keep going. That's right? all I'm on. I'm not, I ain't got a proper job. Right. I have to go out into, like, Iceland and I have to buy, like, pound stuff. I can't go out and buy, you know, like these people. They just go out and shop, put the card on the thing. And to tell you the truth, when I'm out, I look at people in restaurants and pubs and I look at them and I think, blimey. You know, they're sitting in these restaurants that have been a meal and we're going through all this and they don't seem to care. They don't seem to bother. It don't matter to them. Do you follow politics much? Well, I do. I'm not sure that the next government that we have, which I'm almost 100% certain, it's going to be Liz Trust. I don't think she's going to do a lot, really. What do you want from her? Well, I'd like more money, a lot more. She said, I mean, the word she's used for that, she said, oh, I don't want to give people handouts. Boris Johnson, he didn't give us a fat lot, did he? I don't know Liz Trust all that well. And I've been saying to people, is she up for the challenge? Can she actually do it? Because it's going to be a big job for her when she goes, you know, it's not just a few things rising down. She's going to have a lot to do, you know. And if, if in... Two years' time, Keir Starmer won an election, the Labour Party got in. Do you think life had changed then? I think it might be. Can I ask you a, ru- a slightly rude question? How much do you have to live on a month? It's about 140-something a month. That's what's left after your yeah. bills are paid. Yeah, it? gas, electric, water, TV. It's not a lot, but you have to manage. You just get what the government give you to live on. It's not a lot, is it, really? Right, we've got to go and see Liz Trust now. Wish us luck. Well, I do, yeah. Thank you very much, man. It was lovely talking to you. Thanks so much. I try, yeah, they they really get to you, those conversations. Because you sort of need to have them to bring to people's attention the reality of it. Because that's the problem with that term cost of living crisis, is it becomes sort of abstract and it loses its meaning. But the meaning of it is that that all the prices are going up. And the fellow we spoke to in there, who's obviously had a pretty hard life, do you know what I mean? He was, he's brought up in care and all that. And he, once he's paid his bills and his rent, he's got 140 quid to live on, which is less Five than a five a day. a day, right? And this is while prices are going through the roof. That's the reality of it. And he knows, and the interesting thing is as well, people are aware of it, aren't they? People have heard the talk of tax cuts being the answer to that and knowing full well that just has no relevance to them. And, they, and they, they feel completely ignored. Is The other danger with cost of living crisis is oh, it's just suddenly arrived because of the war in Ukraine and the effects of the pandemic and all. This is a long story, largely about what 12 years of conservative government has meant. So in that sense, you know, us just rocking up as if this only started yesterday. I mean, obviously we know it hadn't. That's not it. We're really reaping something that's been sowed for years here.
Dein Podcast macht kurz Pause. Im Gegensatz zu Hate Speech, die online scheinbar immer lauter wird. Und wollen nicht brennen es sind etwa 5% der Menschen, die online Hass verbreiten. Lasst uns dagegen gemeinsam lauter sein. Wenn Liebe laut ist, hat Hass keine Chance. Werde Teil der Initiative gegen Hass im Netz der Deutschen Telekom und ihren Partnern. Auf telekom.com slash gegen Hass im Netz. For conservative hosting, we're not conservatives. No, we're just making that clear. Have one of those. Oh yeah, go. Now we're right with those. No, thank you. I collect them. Got a Liz Trust T-shirt. Look at that. LT equals low tax. And you ready for Rishi's? Socialist Workers' Party. They always come. It's just all. It's like an English garden fate, you know. It's nothing without Morris dancers. But the same token, the Socialist Workers' Party always have to come. It's just a great English, great English tradition. <laughs> Polls of Tory members would have you believe that Liz Truss is certain to win. But there was a fair chunk of noisy support inside for Rishi Sunak and some undecided voters too. We found two women, Debbie and Jane, who were still on the fence. Can we just ask you a couple of quick questions? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's at stake in this leadership election? So in the choice between the two candidates from your perspective? There's not a lot in between them really. Personality-wise, I prefer Liz Truss. Probably policy-wise, I'm slightly going over to Rishi. So it's balancing the two really. Okay. And what do you want to hear tonight? Sort of issues-wise or policy? That's the Liz Trust cheer we should make clear. What do you want to hear them talk about? Everything really. I need to know a lot more information before I make a complete decision because there's a lot at stake. So you haven't voted yet? No, no, no. no, no. Oh, voted yet. I'm still said. undecided. Okay, this is the Liz Trust roar we can hear behind. Yeah. Oh, is that her? There she is. What, what do you think the government, whoever's in charge of it, should do about the cost of living crisis? It's a really difficult one because there's not a proper, there's not a clear cut answer, is that? So they need to do something on energy bills, not just for us, but also for businesses, because I do worry about businesses. Yeah. I do think that the government can't be expected to bail everybody out of no. every situation. But if, you, if you're having to choose between heating and eating and you're, you're having a terrible... Yeah, like yeah. Heating and eating, though. As a child, I lived in a house with no heating. Yeah. And I never, I'm not saying that's how it should be, no. but I, when they say it's heating or eating, I do think... Is it's it? a little bit exaggerated. Oh, I've met lots and lots of people who are in a terrible predicament. No, I'm not saying they shouldn't be I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, I never had heating as a child, and here I am now, I suppose. But you could eat, presumably. 
I could eat, but you're saying heaty noise. Well, it tends to imply that both things are difficult. Yeah, if you think it's a matter of course, it's quite unrealistic, really. What, you think people people want to be looked after more than is possible, you mean? Sometimes times are hard, don't they? They expect to keep the standard of living that they've already got. Yeah, but I was at a church this afternoon in the Northfield part of Birmingham and they're having to lay on through the winter warm spaces for people who can't afford I to I do understand that yeah. and that is horrendous. That's the people they should be helping. We're not yeah. saying they shouldn't help them. Okay. So but you're still, un- anyway, in conclusion, you're still undecided. We want to listen to what no, they've got to say. We're probably going towards Trump. But I do prefer some of Rishi's policies. Okay. So I think she's a little bit... So this is quite an important two hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, good luck. Thank you very much. Sutton Coalfield is a constituency in the West Midlands region and its MP Andrew Mitchell is a prominent backer of Rishi Sunak. Just before he introduced him on the main stage, we spotted Mitchell outside the foyer. So you're a Sunak backer, a self-styled underdog. Yes, I was a Jeremy Hunt backer. Were you? You like losing? The underdog's underdog. Yeah. What's at stake in this election? I can't remember in the 35 years since I was first elected to Parliament a more daunting agenda and workload for the incoming Prime Minister. Yeah. I mean, it's almost as if all the problems of the last 50 years, which we've dealt with by decade, are now being dumped on the table to deal with now. And what you do about inflation particularly and the hike in energy costs... These are going to be the determinants of whether there's an enormous amount of misery in our society, quite apart from whether the Tories win the next election. On the misery question, the very direct effects of energy price hikes and inflation on people who are really struggling, what should should a or the Tory government do? Well, there's great merit in tax cuts, but not if you're trying to deal with the energy crisis. No, no, they don't, where you've they got, don't touch those where you've got, Exactly, where you've got to try and make sure that you get help to the people who are most vulnerable, to these massive, massive rises. And you can't really do that without using the benefit system. But you know as well as I do, there is a large part of the Conservatives' collective soul that when anybody talks about putting up benefits, even temporarily, they recoil. They don't like it. No, we are a, a decent party of humane... Uh, warm-hearted people and uh, we care very much about the least well-off in society and that is why under this government since 2010 you've seen a very big rise in benefits and a big rise in targeted had, benefits. We've had four-year benefits freeze under George Osborne, all those changes to disability benefit. We've we, On disability benefit we very specifically defended disability benefit from the austerity difficulties of the early years. You so don't we, think we're we partly very, in this mess of people being in this fragile position as they are, millions of them, because of what happened under the last 12 years of Conservative governments. No. So that's part of the explanation. No, I don't think that. I think that... Uh, Benefits saw, haven't kept pace with inflation. Well, I think we, we saw uh, an extraordinary effort led by Rishi Sunak when Covid struck. Oh, sure, but just then, but going may, back. But going I, back. If I may complete my answer to your Go question. On. We saw an extraordinary effort uh, to protect people protect businesses, protect families, the £20 uplift on universal credit, very specifically to help people during those difficult times. Uh, And what you saw with Rishi Sunak was someone who understands absolutely uh, how these things affect the least well-off and took direct action to stop it. Okay. Do you worry, therefore, about what a Liz Truss prime ministership would mean? I mean, Rishi Sunak's talked in terms of moral failure and so on, using quite strong language. Well, I think both candidates are absolutely brilliant, as I will say tonight when I introduce uh, Rishi. But uh, I do uh, think that this is a test for the Tory party 
on whether or not we are a one-nation party that reaches across the whole of society. The Conservative Party and the Conservative Government will be judged by the way in which they put their arms around society and protect the least well-off. Well, um, a very good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Lovely to see you all. Inside the arena, Conservative Party members from the region watched Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss being interviewed by the host, John Pienaar, making their speeches and giving their answers to a handful of questions asked from the floor. ...of the significance of this event, as if you needed reminded. You are not just, in the course of these remaining two weeks of the campaign, choosing your party leader. You're choosing our Prime Minister. Which feels like we're sort of several light years away from the fellow we met at the, at the food cycle project. We're in a completely different universe here, and that's intentional, right? So it almost seems, therefore, it seems inappropriate to raise that here. The world we're in is the world of global Britain and tax cuts and all will be well. It's not the world of I have to feed myself, get around and, and whatever else on five quid a day. That's what I don't like about it. It shuts the world out. I've consistently delivered when I said I would. And I love our country. I want the best for us all. And I'm the person to look back. Please welcome Liz Truss. I'm a Conservative. I believe in low taxes. I believe in companies succeeding. I believe in companies making profits, that they are able to hire new workers and bring in investment. And that is what I believe, and that's the platform I'm standing on. Right. Sit back and dismiss them. But if there's one thing I know to be true, it's that Britain loves an underdog. Please welcome Rishi Sunak. What I will not do is pursue policies that risk making inflation worse and lasting far longer, especially if those policies amount to borrowing £50 billion and putting it on the country's credit card and then asking our kids and our grandkids to pick up the tab, because that is not right. Right. So we've just watched... Two hours. Two hours. Who did you think did the best? <laughs> if you came to this not knowing anything about this contest, you would think, that, by rights, that Rishi Sunak was streets ahead. He's just a more impressive totally performer. He's much better on detail. There's a real sense of sort of urgency and clarity. You know. Now, that's leaving aside the fact that there are lots of his arguments don't stack up and all that. But just in front of, a, in front of an audience like that, he's sort of... Excelled compared to this trust, who by comparison seems sort of vague and hesitant and all that. But you know, this is politics, and and performances in hustings don't count for much. Rishi oh. Sunak's goose arguably was cooked when he resigned from the cabinet and, and commenced the fall of Boris Johnson. But what I don't get is, yeah, I found. I found Liz Truss very wooden. She yeah. sort of said the same things again and again. Even though I don't think his solutions would add up to any kind of really convincing answer to the struggles that people are going to go through. At least he tries to give a sense that he understands the gravity of the situation and the awfulness of people's predicament and that it requires dedicated help from government, right? In other words, payments you have to make to people. You don't hear any of that really from this trust. Now, you could argue she's playing her cards close to her chest or whatever, but it's, it's still 
seems really sort of discordant and weird. But do you know what? When we before we spoke to before we went in, we spoke to two women who were waiting for them to come out. They were. They said that they were unsure about who they were going to vote for. They liked Rishi's policies, but they preferred Liz. I'm really interested to see whether they stick with that now, because I I can't believe how slicker and more across his brief Rishi seemed than Liz. I'd be surprised if they're backing Liz. We are really, really curious about the the verdict that you may or may not have come to. They both came over a lot better than both of us thought. Well, I'll tell you what I think, I, and I'm not a Conservative Party member or a Conservative, but I thought, I thought Rishi Sunak was, was much more I'm convincing. I'm to be ah. fair. I'm but better I, on detail. Yeah, I, that's exactly the same I said to Jay. Liz, was, Liz came out said a lot, but there wasn't much how she was going to do it. It looks like he's going to lose by and some margin, right? And yet he performed by far the best. Because of what he did to Boris, that's how stupid yeah. people are. And I know that, that's does wrong. Does that count against him as far no, as you're not, concerned? No, not for me. Just to me. Go home and have a think. I'm going. I'm going. Thank you very much. Lovely to talk to you. Thank you very much. Well, I, I take two pretty clear conclusions from that, really. One is that it looks like the candidate who's going to lose, it turns out, is the m- most convincing, credible. Coherent perform I mean they just are right if you took anybody who knew nothing about this contest in that room for those two hours they would have thought that by rights he should be the front runner that doesn't mean I'm a great admirer of his or that all of his arguments stack up because they don't right but he seems to have more of the right stuff and one way that he's one way that he has got more of the right stuff is he at least seems to acknowledge the, the gravity of this social emergency I don't think he understand I mean clearly he doesn't understand that it's systemic or that it's, a lot of it's down to 12 years of Tory government. But he understands the severity of it, and I didn't get that sense from her at all. She just struck me as really as somebody who's had the same solutions in their head for 10 or 15 years, and they think they still apply to the world, even though the world clearly has hugely changed and society's in such a mess. So on, on both counts, soon act stronger, but politics is a messed up thing, and he's going to lose. <laughs> Cheer up, Britain. Things can only get worse. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, make sure you subscribe to Politics Weekly UK wherever you get your podcasts. And even better, leave us a review, preferably a nice one. This episode was produced by Frankie Toby. The music is by Axel Cacoutier. And the executive producers are Maz Ebtahaj and Nicole Jackson. This is The Guardian. 